from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Perspective is a radio program presenting biographical interviews of people who have chosen the Baha'i faith as a way of life. Today I'm playing a telephone interview with Alejandro Yarkin, a native of Nicaragua now living in LA. He's an author of short stories and is a poet. He shares some of his poetry at the end of our interview. I started the interview by asking Alejandro where he grew up and what was it like growing up there. I grew up in Central America, Nicaragua, on the, the mountain, in city called Nicinotega, Nicaragua. This is a, a small city at that time for about 12,000 people. Right now it's about 100,000. At that time it was a small city, and we knew each other, all the people in the, in the, in the town. Let's say agriculture and, and cattle ranches, you know, around. Like I say, it was a small, small town, so we had only one school, one school in the, for the boys and one school for girls. So everybody in the city, we went to the same school. It was a, a very strange situation because I was not rich. My family was, you know, working man, my father. I was so very rich people, you know, millionaires, that yet they go to the same school. And we didn't have any difference. Differences because these, the people, some people were, were Chinese, were Americans, were some people from Europe, uh, the Europe descendants, Indian, and everybody was. Uh, I like that, uh, uh, the, the the environment, you know. I now I know how important was that, you know, in my life. In a in a way, you know, I never feel more than anybody else. But I didn't, never feel less than anybody else, too. That helped me in my life. That was something that my formation, you know, was a, something very important. When I knew the Baha'i faith, for me, the concept of the Baha'i, the unity on this, that's something that I was living that from childhood. Did you grow up as a Baha'i? No, no. My family was a very strong, and, and, the, and, the, and the city was very conservative city, you know, Catholic, 100%. Maybe 99, point, point something, you know, very few individuals that were not uh, Catholic. My uncle, my father's brother, he was a priest, Catholic priest. So I grew up in the, in the church, inside the church. I was a practitioner, I was a Catholic, but not only by name. I had to comply all the, uh, all the commands from the church, I had to go to church. I had to go every Sunday to church. It was an obligation, and something that I enjoyed too. Going to church, uh, I had to confess every month, at least a month, at least once a year. But I did it every month. I used to go to the rosary. I go to my my aunts. I had three aunts that I never married, and they were very close to the church. They went to church every day, and they used to take me. They want me to be a priest, but they never told me. I had some ideas until I, I reached about, 
uh, when I was a teenager, I liked to read a lot. You know, I, I always I was reading. I was reading the classic when I was about 16, 17 years old. I discovered many things that I didn't like. It, you know, the, 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 I was reading San Agustin when I was 16, 17, and I found things, you know, in the church that were different, that, and I didn't like it. And I start little by little coming out when I became, you know, independent. I coming out from the church until one time I didn't have any any religion. I didn't believe in God. And one time I didn't believe. The God that they told me that was existing, you know, I didn't believe in it. I had a lot of doubts. I had I thought uh, that God, man invented God. And uh, that situation I was when I found out about the Baha'i faith. It was very easy for me because I, I was an empty glass. You know, that mm. I could take anything inside when I, I found out the Baha, uh, about the Baha'i faith. I was about 20 at that time. I was about 21, something like 21, 22. This was a slow progression from being a devout Catholic to actually not believing in, in God at all. What length of time was this transition from being a devout Catholic to to not believing in God, and I, I assume it was because of the reading that you were doing? I was reading, you know, the philosophers from the last, uh, from 19th century, from Europe, all materialistic philosophers, uh, most of them, and I was, if they didn't convince me, you know, they put me some doubts, and, uh, and the way, the way that, that the people in the church and the people, uh, and the people acted, I didn't like it, because I thought that, for example, I thought that one a, a priest was like a saint. I I I I thought of when I was a child. Then when I found out that uh, they act differently than whatever they were preaching. For example, I'm going to give you an example. When I was a, a teenager, I was listening to a radio station from the Catholic faith. A priest was very. He got about three PhDs. You know, the man. He was very educated, and he was talking about humility. Humility but how the church and how Christ asked us to be, to be humble. So I was listening to them. I was crying when he was giving the sermon in the radio. And when I met him, when I saw him in front of me, and I tried to say hello, he was so arrogant. He was so, still so superior than me, than anybody else, that I was, I was disenchanted. And then I, I saw the people, you know, a priest, because my uncle was a priest. People who got, you know, two, three different women and children, they were supposed to celebrate. And uh, the, the double things, you know, was the one who church told me, you know, church, religion was nothing good, was not anything good to make an individual better. That was the, my conclusion. You know, that was it takes time, but not too much, not too much time, a few years. A few years to make me, you know, an uh, individual. Uh, I don't believe in, in, in nothing. But but I, I, I ah something I want to be important. I drowned in the ocean uh, when I was twenty-two, something like that. That I didn't believe in anything. I drowned. I was with seventeen for my friends, my best friends that I love them like my my brother and sisters. People who got some of them, they got a lot of money. But they didn't, the money never went to their heads. They were always, you know, beautiful human beings. So I could be friends with them without no problem. 
they invite me, you know, I was living in the capital at that time. They invite me to go to the ocean. You know, um, we went to the Pacific Ocean. While we were over there, and, uh, 13 of us. And I was the best swimmer of all of the group that were over there. I tried to help them. I did my best, but in the process, I get tired. And then I drowned. At the moment when I was, you know, drowning, I was very afraid, very afraid of the unknown. I knew I was going to die. And I was very afraid. The last thing I did, I remember, was to ask for forgiveness. To that being that I was, I didn't believe, I said I didn't believe before. But at that moment, I believe it. <laughs> at that moment, I, I knew he, he existed, but not the way they told me in the church. Not the one, the individual in the cross. But a spiritual being that knew about me. Uh, and, and he was seeing me, and he was the only one who could help me at that moment. But I, I didn't ask for help. I asked for forgiveness. I was not a criminal. I was not a, I, I, But I was a man. With imperfection, I thought I could be better at that moment. At the moment, I thought my life, I was using my life, you know, only thinking of myself. I was not thinking of the human being or, or to help other people or whatever. The thing is that that's the last thing I remember until I was in the, in the beach with the paramedics, you know, put me in some injection. They revived me. They make uh, a... a uh, they say they put, you know, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, and then they put some injection. They send me to the hospital. That was a, 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 a moment in my life that changed my life completely. I became a sick. I became, I knew the existence of God. I didn't have any doubts. But I, I had a lot of questions. I went back to the church asking for questions. I didn't find a, any answer. I went to different religions, different Christian denominations. I read a little about Buddhism, a little about other religions, not Christian. I didn't find any any answer until one day I got a girlfriend that wanted to marry her, and she invited me for a, something they call a farsight. I never heard about it. They told me religion, you know, some American people, and then the, the Persian didn't come to this continent yet. And this girl, you know, my girlfriend, he asked me, you know, to accompany her to a meeting for the American person that would always go to the place where she worked, you know, I invite her to. He said, she didn't want to go alone. He said, I don't have any problem. The country, I am looking for different religion right now. <laughs> I say, you know, come on, let's go. I went to the far side. And this man speaking a very bad Spanish. Was in front of me talking about ideas that I never heard, but a very beautiful idea. Talking, about, he didn't want to talk about, about Bahá'u'lláh. He was talking about teaching of Bahá'u'lláh. And I became in love with those teachings at the moment. And uh, she never come back. We didn't marry. We broke them. But I never stopped going to the Saturday's far side that they have in that was the Baha'i Center in Managua, Nicaragua. I continued for one and a half years studying. Well, I, I asked for a book a day. I read a book, the whole book during the night. Uh, the first book I read was uh, the Baha'u'llah, the New Era. Here, that was the one, the first book I read. 
I read it during the night. I didn't go to sleep that night. And then I asked for another book. At that time in Spanish, we didn't have too many books. It's a 50-something years ago, I say. I, I, and, but I became in love first with the teaching and then with Baha'u'llah without declaring myself. The person who was teaching me the faith was a great teacher. And then one time we, he invited me to go to another city. And then when I was in the other city, he said, you are the speaker today for that, in the far side. I said, I'm not, not Baha'i yet. I didn't sign a card. He said, do you believe in Baha'u'llah? Yes, I believe. And you, you are a Baha'i. You don't have to sign a card to be a Baha'i. Baha'i is somebody who believes in Baha'u'llah. I to at least try to live his life, you know, the way he, he asked. You are doing very good, you know, see, so you are going to be... But what? I never did it before. You had to learn. He told me. You had, this is going to be the theme. And he gave me a book or a pamphlet or whatever. He said, you know, and what I'm going to do is say first, pray and pray and pray. And then read whatever over there, but then uh, you are not going to be alone over there when you come over there for that. I was expecting to see a few people, 10 people, 12 persons, you know, over there on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the far side, and came about 60 persons. This room was full, the room where we are. And I was afraid, very afraid. But then I had my prayers and this, and then I started when I saw that the people, I used to sing with them for the orchestra. I was used to see people, you know, in front of me. I was not afraid of people, but I never did that to talk to people. That was my first farsight. And then after that, I became, I, I, well, half, six months later, I became a Baha'i. So I, I, I became an active Baha'i from the beginning and enjoying, you know. And I had to move from the capital to, to my home city because I was going to go out the, the country and I want to be with my parents for, for a while that I was was not with them for about five, six years. And during that time, I was the only Baha'i in my hometown. It was very difficult for me because I was used to be a member of a community. But the Baha'is used to come to see me. Alejandro speaks of a pioneer coming to visit him from Cuba. Baha'i pioneers are folks who leave their own country to help fellow Baha'is in another country. was a, a pioneer from, from Cuba. Cuba was producing pioneers. Cuba was one of the first countries in Latin America who produced pioneers to go to other countries. And then one, uh, the name Pablo Perez, I think, was uh, he was over there in Nicaragua. He used to come to see me. And we have some, even by some friends. Alejandro begins referring to a figure in the Baha'i faith, Shoghi Effendi. He was the leader or guardian of the Baha'i faith. He died in 1957. There is now the elected body, the Universal House of Justice, that leads the Baha'i faith. When Chogi Fendi died, when Chogi Fendi passed away, that, but by the way, never, nobody say what I say right now, to, when it's referred to him. Nobody say Chogi Fendi, the way we say now. Was the love guardian, was there many other ways that people used to, with a lot of love and, and respect. I remember when Chogi Fendi passed away. I was alone in one town when I was alone, the only behind the town. 
was very terrible for me because I thought the Baha'i faith was stopped. It was not going to continue anymore. I read already uh, in some writings that uh, the guardian was permanent that uh, when they elected the Universal House of Justice, he we was going to be working with the unit. And the, the one Ardan chief was permanent. I understand that. And then when they say he didn't have any any children and he, they didn't have anybody to succeed him, I don't know what I asked question, I didn't know I didn't have anybody to ask the questions. That was terrible. So I stood a few years, three years in my hometown. After three years, I became a political prisoner. Uh, being a Baha'i, I knew I was not supposed to be involved in politics, in partition politics, in partisan politics. And I became involved in a, some group that they call it a civic organization to help the other people. The idea, I like the ideas, you know, that they told me. And I didn't want to become involved really, but they, they elect me the, the, as a secretary of the group an organization that was going to the whole country. The idea was to teach the citizens, you know, their duties, but their, their rights, but their duties too. And to be a good citizen and to be a good person and to, well, was something that was not anything against the principle. I, thought I, I was not doing anything wrong. The thing was that we organized, we were young people, we organized the whole country in six months. Every city in the country were very good organizers. And then the government was afraid, of, get, get afraid of us. They thought we could become a, a political pa- a power. They accused us of revolutionaries. And all the directs went to, to jail, including me. I was, I was married already. During that time, I married. I was, had about, got about five months married. My wife was expecting the first baby. Six months, I had married. And then they told us the, we were 11 days in, in jail, but at that time, you, they could kill you over there for political reasons. They torture, torture you. In our case, they didn't torture us physically, only uh, psychologically was a lot of torture. But uh, when we got off, we knew that we were already in a, in a blacklist over there, that they were going anything that happening, the political, they are going to come to look for us. So I decided to get off from the country. I was, I had offered a, a job in Venezuela, and I had a brother over here in Los Angeles. And then uh, I asked my wife where she wanted to go, go to Venezuela or going to Los Angeles. She decided to come to Los Angeles, and we came to Los Angeles. That was 1960. I this last year I had 50 years living in this country. For 20 years I could go back because they got me in the blacklist. But a few years ago I went to Nicaragua because I, my, when my parents were alive I used to go every two years. And after the 20 years I could go. And I found a person who was in, a, 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 in prison with me. He was part of the, of the government, the, the new government over there. He was a commandant in the, in the revolution. And he asked me if I was a, I, I continue being a Baha'i. And then he said, uh, I remember you told me, I said, what is a Baha'i? And then I, I don't forget, I told him, we were the real revolutionaries. But we don't go over there outside to kill people with marching guns. We were a spiritual revolutionary. 
We were the one who was go, we're going to change this war, the situation that we have in our country. No by force, but through a different, you know, behavior, a different way of life, different principles, and those principles are spiritual principles that we have. To. He said, that's interesting. Look like a socialist. <laughs> he said, no, it's not socialist, but it's, a, it's not a, a political organization. This is a, this is a religion. He said, let me wait for a minute. I'm going to bring some more people. He brought some other people, revolutionaries over there, to listen to what I was talking about, the life faith, and they get very uh, impressed. They like, I feel that you know, some people, those people who are fight for the country, those people who are socialists, or those people, they are one of the best seekers that you ever find. Because they listen, they are empty spiritually. And then they listen to you, and uh, possible, that's going to be the way to solve the problems in our country. No with, uh, no with weapons, no with uh, other physical things. But we have to change. Now, as a, as a, as a Baha'i, Baha'u'llah say he brings, uh, he brings the medicine for, the, for, our, for, for, for mankind at this time. So uh, the Universal House of Justice, in one of his letters, he said, you know, we have to become spiritual physicians. He said, every time that something happens, we're going to say, what Baha'u'llah say about this? What Baha'u'llah say about that? So it's not easy. It's not easy for all the Baha'is. It's always, for the Christian, it's not easy either. Christ told his disciples one day before he died, he told them, one last command, commanded I give you. They had the Ten Commands already from from Moses, but he said, one, one last command I'll give you, and this is that you love each other the same way I love you. It's the Christian to go for my family too. It's the Christian comply with that command that Christ said. He gave his life for mankind. He sacrificed himself for mankind. If we do, if we love each other that way, we could have a paradise in this world. But we don't, we didn't follow. We didn't follow the command. Now Baha'u'llah is coming to tell us again. Don't, don't fail him. If we fail him, people are going to think that his words don't have any value. He said, Baha'u'llah said, that if we don't do it, he's going to make a new race of men. Now. Don't wait. But we are so lucky to have fun, you know. For example, I'm going to come back to the beginning when I was saying when I knew the faith. I always say when you say, how do you become a Baha'i? And I said, well, I became a Baha'i by an accident. Why an accident? A girlfriend that I had, you know, invited me, and she never came back to it, but I, I became in love with the faith. Now that I am old, I understand. In the same situation that Christians, when Christ was one of the disciples, Christ told him, you know, that he was glad that he found him. He said, you didn't find me. I choose each one of you. Not because I was pretty, because I was intelligent, because I was... No, I didn't. Because he's love. He chose me. 
20,000 miles from the place where he born. 100 years later, people that live around Baha'u'llah, even including his family, never recognized him. That I recognize him and I have the opportunity. This girl that came over here was his, the tool that Baha'u'llah used to bring me. Every one of us, Baha'u'llah used a tool, you know, to bring us. But it's not an accident. If a person, I tell my friends that the, the family is Baha'i, if you're born in a Baha'i family with a father and a mother, it's not an accident. God wants it that way. God prepared that way. Because we don't deserve so much. Christ said, Baha'u'llah said, you know, man was created in order to know and love God. The only love, Baha'u'llah said, the only way to know and love God is to recognize the manifestation and love, the manifestation and obey the manifestation of God in these days. The, 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 the grace that we receive, the bounty that we receive with that, is so great that it's impossible to pay, to try to pay. No, we never pay it. To try to thank God, no, we force for for Him, but but to serve mankind. At this time, even science is recognizing that the scientists are recognizing that a person is happier, healthier when he does that, when he makes another human being happy. So let's be happy. Let's make a better world. You know doing that simple thing, you know, that is loving each other and helping each other. Starting, we have to learn in our communities, we have to learn to have that unity. And to reach that unity, we have to be enamored of each other. When we learn to do this, to be enamored of each other, to enjoy the company of each other, to re look for the company of each other, to work together with each other. Now is no time for words, it's time for action. I'm very happy to be Baha'i. I would like to do more, you know. I, I would like to be more active. Now, physically, that's another thing. I am close to 80 years old right now. The next year, I'm going to be 80 years old. Thanks God, you know, I've been very uh, healthy. But I don't know how much time, more time I'm going to be here. I remember when I was working, I always was uh, a, a active because... Some people, some of my friends say, you know, when I retire, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Who knows if you are going to be alive at that time? It doesn't matter the age, what you have. Let's use your time, you know, that. We are going to change this world. I don't have any doubt. I don't know how much time it's going to take us. But the time is going to depend on the effort we are going to put. And the, not only the effort, but the, the quality of the effort, too. When you heard the teachings, you were really attracted to them. And I was wondering if you could tell us what were those teachings that most attracted you to the Baha'i faith? One of the things that attracted me was the, the sincerity, because the person who was talking to me, you know, he looked like a beautiful human being for the first moment. He was fat and this and that, but with clear eyes, you know, and he was saying, you know, uh, he was honest. And uh, I was used to see, you know, the uh, uh, the wolf with a letter of, of, of the lamp, or people, you know, preaching this and doing something else. And I didn't believe I thought he was an actor from Hollywood over here. And I started I, I start chasing him. And I went to his home, and I went to his places, 
when I found out that he was real, a real beautiful human being, I say, you know, any organization, any religion that can produce a human being like this, it's important, you know, to investigate it. That's why people became investigated. Now, doesn't matter that the, 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 the things I now I know, the things that touch the heart, is the, the sacred words of Allah. So we have to learn to repeat it exactly, know whatever we think is say, you know, know our interpretation, but to repeat it. But the most important part of a, a teacher has to be his life, the way he is. If he's real, if he's, his acts are pure, you know, because when you are talking, you, you know about the feelings, you know, the sense of the voice, you can, you can hear it. Uh, I sometimes will make mistakes. It happened to me that after I start talking to a person of other faith, the person is start, you know, or make, trying to make a confrontation. So I had to avoid it. I had to avoid it. We never had a, a confrontation with another person teaching about the faith. The, the, the people talk about that when we, do, we are no equal to another person, we are different. We have to love them. How do you call it from, for example, a person is a, a black person who is Spanish, and they, they, they tolerate me. Tolerate, they tolerate me. But I have to love people, not tolerate them. I don't like that word. So... Uh, it should be Christ tell us, you know, I explain to people, Christ tell us, you know, we have to love our neighbors as our own, as we love ourselves. Paula tell us we have to love them more than ourselves. This is a, this is a, a step higher, you know, that this in the same line of teaching, but it's higher, more difficult to, to put it in practice. But if Paula say we have to do it, it's because it's possible. You know, that's the way I feel. But I, I never say, you know, that this is the, the best way. I'm going to give you an example. I went to Nicaragua one time. And uh, when I went to the hometown when I born, where I was the only Baha'i, I found out that they had an assembly in my hometown. And people that I never be, feel, you know, they were going to be Baha'i, they were Baha'is. So they asked me to, to be in a... a, a the, speaking in one of the far sides in the home, uh, high center. I did it. And when I finished, uh, one lady came and she said, you know, I am the wife of a friend of mine uh, from childhood. She said, you know, my children know about the Baha'i faith. They are in, in Los Angeles, in the area, in California. I will, like you, I will give you permission to introduce you to the faith. They knew a little because the teacher was the Baha'i, the teacher, uh, English teacher was the Baha'i. Okay, I told her, you know, he said, I, don't be, I am a, a believer, but if I, I declare, my husband's family is going to ask him, you know, to divorce me. That's the reason I can declare. But I believe in the Baha'u'llah. So when I came over here to this, uh, uh, I went to Almont, to some place that the girls live. I met her, a very intelligent person. She was in college, but she didn't believe in God. And she, her family was very Catholic. So I offer my my friendship. He say, "You, I'm not your family, but I, 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 I'm offering you anything you need. To you, I, I can help you. I know your father from childhood. I knew your grandfather and this and that. Our family was good friends. 
So if you 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 need anything, let me know. I want I will I will be happy to help you. And the girl need help, but <laughs> three months later we brought her to her home. You know we went to dinner with her and her uh, brother. And three months later, she said, you know she she has to get off from the house when she lived with an aunt, and she lived in an apartment. She had rented apartment. They didn't have anything over there. The apartment, they didn't have any bed. They didn't have any any table. So when I found out that what all the needs that they have, we found a way, you know, how to give them, you know, things that they needed. We bought a used table for the for the for to, to eat, chairs, and we brought uh, things to cook, to cook. And, and they went over there. I found we found a job for her. Then later on, she said, you know, she had to, her, her brother went to to service, and then she had to. She didn't have no place to go. I offered her my house. She, I got a room. They say yes, I got a room over there. Anytime she wanted, you know, I got a bedroom that she can live with us. She didn't come because one of her aunts said, you know, Alex is no, no, no your family. I'm your family. Come to me. And she told me she's all right. But she was working with my, my wife in the same place. My wife had a job for her. And then she got a problem with her aunt. And then she had to come to live over there. house. I never told her anything about the pay. One time she asked me if she, she could use one of my books, or the for books. She said, you can use it anytime. This is your home. She started taking books, and she asked me for a, for a, a prayer book. I gave him a, a prayer book. Only given love. Even when they reach out, they, 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 they tell us, you know, that we are from the devil or whatever. We had to continue loving them. So Alejandro, I have another question for you. What was your mother and father's reaction to you becoming a Baha'i? <laughs> my my father was very strong Catholic. My mother, she was a Catholic. Was no, she was a business lady. She didn't care too much about religion. She believed in God. That's it. I didn't have too much time, problem with my my family because my father was working in some place and I was living in, when I came to to live in my own town. I had with my aunts. They took my books to the fire. They took me to the bishop, to the Inquisition. And the bishop told me, how is it possible that you left your religion? How is your uncle is going to say, my uncle died about a few years before. Your uncle was going to say, and then they want me to recant it. And I say, you know, that... It was part of my life. I believe in that. I could live without it. I, I was not their enemy. I'm not your enemy. I'm born in this religion, and I respected all the things you do. I, I, I'll never be, I'll never attack you, even talk bad about you as a religion. I believe in Christ. I believe, uh, when I was a, a, a Christian, I didn't understand many things about Christ that I understand now. And I explained to the bishop that some of our, our members in our community, the high community, they were Jewish. The Jews never accepted, I told you, never accepted Christ as a Messiah. But they can, they can be Baha'is without accepting Christ. So, in order to be Baha'is, we had to believe in Christ. When I married my wife, one and very, by the, by, by, the Baha'i, by the Catholic religion, she was Catholic. And I told her, 
that I could marry with him. At, at that time, I don't know if now you, you do it, but at that time, we had to uh, swear in the Bible that we are going to uh, raise our children to the Catholic faith, and I could do that. So when she tried to impose her way, she said, you know, I love you. I love you very much. You know that I love you. But if you push me to choose between my beliefs and you, you are going to lose. Because it's part of my life. But I had a problem for 15 years until I had to divorce. Always I used to go to the, to the church. I used to go to the Catholic church with her and my children. But she never wanted to come with my the service or things, you know, for the Baha'i faith. And always was telling me that I was using the time that belonged to her for my religion. And I, I went to the, to, the, to the assembly. I told them I had problems, and they told me to get off from everything. I was a member of, a, of a, a, two different uh, committees in Los Angeles. And uh, they told me to get off from the committees, and they get off from everything, you know, in order to save my matrimony. And I tried, but I was miserable. I was miserable. Part of my very important part of my life, I was not practicing. I was no. From the beginning, I became a Baha'i. I was an active Baha'i, and I was used to be with my friends, with my that I love. And then I had to be separated. And at the end, we could the matrimony get destroyed. We we had to ask for the for the year permission. It was very difficult. But in 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 that at that time in my country was uh, being a Baha'i. It was something that you were not going to be telling everybody. Because they leave you like a, you were the devil himself. They, they see you that way. And they see you like a traitor. It was very difficult. It was not easy. I had a friend of mine that uh, he told me to come over here to the United States before I married. And then he was a, 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 used to work in the, in the radio. The radio was... They got big programs, and there was not a television yet at that time, but the television was just starting. And then this was a, a famous, uh, you know, uh, working of the radio. And she was a Baha'i. I didn't know that she was a Baha'i, because she didn't say that she was a Baha'i, because if she said she was a Baha'i, she was going to lose the audience audience in the, the program. And uh, well, I had another friend that was from Managua. He was a teacher, a famous teacher. I never knew that he was a Baha'i until... Later on, you had to quiet. I was no, I was no hiding my my beliefs, but I could say it openly to anybody, because some people they were fanatics, and they could attack you. Yeah. So when I came over here, that was the only thing better that I had. When I came over here, I got the freedom that, to say, you know, I am this and, and without any being afraid. When I was in childhood studying, you know, the Christian Christianity and catechism, they taught me that everything that happened, all the accidents that we think we have, that I live in this country, that my children born over here, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren born over here, that when I go to my, my hometown, my country, I see a strange country over there because this, this is the country that, that, that I love. Over there, I still love in the other country, too. But this is my country. I came over here as a young man. Now I'm an old man. I, I, I'm sure that I came over here because the will of God. Alejandro, I have one more question for you. 
What would your life have been like if you had not run into the Baha'i faith? How do you think your life would have turned out? If I, if I didn't find the Baha'i faith, I would be dead. I was going to be dead very soon because I was not happy with the kind of, of uh, society where I live, the kind of government that we had. And I was going to become involved in uh, actively, you know, to change, try to change that. I was lucky that I, I, I found a way, a way how to change it without to harm anybody and with uh, understanding. Uh, another way, even without that, you know, remember that I told you I, I drowned in the ocean. What's the will of God, too, that I, I survived? It's the will of God that I start thinking differently in order to recognize Baha'u'llah. All of that was no accident. Everything was planned. Everything was doing by, by, by God. And we don't recognize sometimes that, those things. You know. But I, I, I'm sure many of my friends, they were dead soon during the war, during the revolution. And I was uh, spared. I was spared because God what? Well, God will. That's, that's the way I feel. The only thing I try to do is try to be the best I can, you know, so they can see that my religion can make a better human being. So that my religion is good. That's, a, that's the only message I can give them, you know. For example, uh, in my country, if you are a, a person who got a good job, got a student, even if you are a husband, you got your wife, you got a mistress. It's something very natural. If I tell a person in my, my country, you know, when I was younger, that I had my wife and I, and I never had any, anything to do with another woman, they didn't believe me. They thought I was a liar. Or something happened with my manhood. Because one of the problems in our countries, uh, especially over there, you know, the, is uh, the, 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 the destruction of principles. No practice of the, of the, of the moral principles. So, so moral principles come from, from a spiritual teaching. Right now I am, I have been, you know, recording for some time. I write poetry in Spanish. And I make short stories. And I'm, I'm recording right now a CD. But more than one CD. I had already about two and a half hours. But uh, it's uh, audio. But I'm going to put the text to in other CDs. And uh, we'll see. we put it in a website. When you write, you know, you write to, to share whatever you write. It's not mm -hmm. for you. And uh, so I, I'm organizing that. I was not very feeling very good last month, you know. I had a little physical problem. But I'm getting better now. I'm going to continue this to finish that. Is your poetry in English or in Spanish? My, most of my poetry is, is in Spanish, but I got some in English, too. Would you like to recite one of the ones that are in English for us, for the program? Uh-huh, okay. Go I got ahead. a few poems over here in front of me. I wrote a, a, as a Baha'i, I know a lot about uh, Persia, you know, Iran. It's history and this, geographically, and I read whatever Baha'u'llah say about Tehran, how different, how beautiful they So, without knowing, I became in love with that country. 
I almost know it, you know, I've never been there, but I would like to be there. I would like to know the places when the Baha'i, when the Baha'i faith born, when the Babis were. But I don't speak Farsi. So I asked one of my, one of my friends that I had many Persian friends, you know, to take me by hand and take me over there. And this, I wrote it in, in, uh, in English, one of my first poems. I wrote it in Spanish and I have it in Farsi too. I got this poem in three, three languages. I don't speak Farsi, a poet, you know, a Persian poet, uh, uh, make an, a po- another, I try don't translate it, make mm. another poem with the same idea. So they were, this, this poem was, uh, published in Paris in one of, in France, one of the Farsi magazines that very famous about eight years ago. The name is To My Persian Friends. I dream one day I will be there in your homeland in the near future, to be in touch with streets and homes and many places where in the past the Baha'i history was made. My dear friend, I need your help so you can show me all those places where the Babis and the Baha'is give their lives for our cause. Those in the present, those in the past. Used to work, used to pray, used to learn, used to love, and to forgive and praise our God. Give me your hands, and we will walk through many streets, through many towns, Villages, mountains, countryside of that your beautiful homeland. I want to say this from my heart. All of that pain that you've been feeling for all the brothers that you lost, I felt it too inside of me. Because your brother I became. The day when I became in love with blessed beauty, Baha'u'llah, with Baha'i love, Alejandro. That's sweet. So that's in reference to the persecution of the Baha'is. Yeah. Do you have another one, Alejandro, that you I would like one to... Of, uh, I wrote this one when I, we knew that we said news about the Maris over there in, in, the, in Persia, you know, they were attacking the Baha'is. The, the name is Martyrs. Martyrs. He said, The clouds of the error are trying to cover the light of the heaven, the light of our Lord. The darkness is pushing, pretending, destroy the aurora borealis. The rain has been falling to bring any spring, and nobody is able to destroy the garden, the garden of God. O Marit of Persia, that prefer being slain to deny your faith, you are an example of our great religion. You are firm like a mountain. You are great like a sun. You are fuel to impulse the goals in our lives to construct the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Very nice. Got any more? Yes. I, I, this, is a, this is no a Baha'i, but it's for the hurricanes. When they, we had the hurricanes over there in, in, the, in the Atlantic, you know, all the way to Texas, I, I was thinking of what happened over there. I'm going to, I'm going to read it. Okay, the hurricanes. Pl- please. The hurricanes advance in the South Caribbean bring destruction, suffering, and death from one island to other, reaching the continent, awaken all the worst and all the best. I saw in some cities people crying, asking the heaven, is God for God about them? In other cities, looting, looting was the prayer 
or they're cursing the government for lack of help. I saw the worst. But let me tell you what else I saw that I will mention. I saw goodness, compassion, esperanza, hope, sport, prize, companion, solace, love, and understanding. And the people of the Rio, with their signs and their answers, no, madam, everything is not lost. We should survive. We will, we will go on. We will rebuild. We will have hope on our fellow man. We still have life and have our God. Good for Del Rio. Good for mankind. We are with you hasta el final. That's what I notice in you, Alejandro, is your very positive attitude. Yes, and I learned in the Baha'i faith to have a positive Baha'u'llah teachers that, you know, little by little. Right? This is a, a poem that, that I wrote in, uh, in English and I put some music. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> why, I, 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 why not? <laughs> okay, okay, they say, I'm going to start with Spanish and then go into English. Okay. It's in English, Spanish. All right. They say, Yo soy un ruiz señor. Ruiz señor is a nightingale. I, yo soy un ruiz señor. Que una flor cautivó. Y esa flor se llamó. Se llamó Bajaulay, yo soy un ruiz, señor, que una flor cautivó, y esa flor se llamó, se llamó Bajaulay, cantemos sin temor, cantemos con amor, cantemos al señor, cantemos con amor, ya Bajaulapá, cantemos al señor, cantemos con amor. that's beautiful. You have a nice okay. voice. I'm going to read it one more, one more, don't This is point number four. I sometimes I put numbers. You know, I read. You know, a lot of the of the poets from 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 uh, from Persia, from the that Bahá'u'lláh mentioned many of them, and they use, for example, Rumi. Then you then put you know titles to the or names to the poems they used to use you know numbers, numbers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he wrote you know fourteen, fifteen poems during the day, or thousand and thousand. Never has be a person is translating over here in the United States for thirty five years. He say he can live five lives and never going to finish. This is point number four. When you feel the need to go up to him, when you feel. You are sure that it is it's the place to go? Go down on your knees to be able to go up. You'll find this is the most noble position of your body, one of your great treasures. It can build thousand marvels, make you a new individual in this new universe, active participant in the eternal creation, magnet that is attracting everything around you. If all the rivers come to the ocean, because the ocean is lower than the river. Thank you so much, Alejandro. I can't wait till you're uh, 
this stuff gets published. Yes, I'm going to do it soon, as soon as possible, because I want to share with people. I don't know. Uh, I am, I am, I'm going to use this time that I still, uh, like I say, I, I'm going to be 80 years old next year. But I have been blessed by God, you know, with my, my health. I am a diabetic, but I learned to take care of myself. So now that I can, I don't know if later on I'm not going to be able to do it, but now yeah. that I can, I want to finish that. Great. Well, say, thank you for inviting me to participate. You're certainly welcome. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Alejandro Yarkin, a native Nicaraguan who now resides in L.A. and is an author and poet. For a copy of this and other interviews, you can go to the website www.abahaiperspective.com. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website www.baha'i.org, or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22UNITE. I hope you'll join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective.
prolación, oh hijo de la prolación, oh hijo de la prolación, oh hijo de la prolación, vuelve tu rostro hacia el mío. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.